it was inevitable this day would come. The day I ran out of things to say. I avoided it for months. I talked about things that weren't really annoying me in therapy. I don't think she knew. I watched the clock surreptitiously, but I couldn't escape it. What happens when you run out of things to talk about in therapy? It's kind of scary, but what you do with it could change your life. Today we're going to discuss that in Open Counseling's Insider's Guide to Therapy podcast with Stephanie Harrison and Mark Pines. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Mark. Love the intro today. Oh, man. I put a lot of effort into that. I didn't think I was going to pull it off. The words just seemed to show up as I was reading it. It was scary out there on the, the bleeding edge. You know, it's scary <laughs> well, out there on the bleeding edge. Yeah, there's, there's the creative process for you. You don't think something's going to come, but then it does. And aha, yeah. that ties into our theme for this week about <laughs> it, therapy. It's, it seems magical how that works. But but yeah, we're talking about spontaneity here. Well, before we get to, to what, what it's kind of about, you know, this is another one of these questions that we fished up from Reddit and we're like, let's give this question on Reddit the, the attention it deserves. Let's give it, you know, bring our knowledge of therapy, you know, as well as a lot of research in, into why are people asking this? What should I talk about in therapy? And a lot of people are, are worried about that moment when they run out of things to say and, and what's that all about? Um, and I think it's a, I think it's a great question. So, so I'm looking forward to, to talking more about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I found is that people tend to ask this question at one or two points in therapy, sometimes at the very beginning, like what, what's therapy for? What should I really be focusing on? Uh, is this thing that I'm wanting to talk about in therapy appropriate for therapy? And then there's people that do get to a point where they've had lots of things to talk about. And then suddenly they find that there's a session or more than one session where they just go in and draw a blank. And that's kind of interesting. And um, there's different things that are going on in either of those cases. And one of the interesting things I really enjoyed researching this article is I love when, when I research these questions, getting to read many different therapists' point of view. And so many therapists that were writing blog posts or articles or being interviewed by somebody in an article said that the that day that you walk into therapy where you don't know what to say or talk about anymore can be a profound moment of change. And that many therapists said the best sessions that we've had started out that way, where a client came in, didn't really have the same agenda, had kind of resolved one crisis or solved one problem. And there was kind of this just blank moment. And that's when some of the deeper, more interesting stuff can kind of bubble up. Yeah. And I, I think that's interesting because, um, it's not uncommon for, for people to run out of things to talk about. And I, I think there are two things that people can do. They they can retreat from that problem and just kind of talk about nothing. They, you know, they could right. talk about, you know, a colleague that's annoying them or the same old stuff. Um, and it kind of deadens the session. It, it deadens things. It's just kind of a filling in time, you could call it, filling in time. Or they can kind of lean into it and, and dare to um, be spon more spontaneous and, and see what arises and 
you know, start finish sentences and not be sure how those sentences are going to finish. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, of improv actors. You you got to have the courage to to not know how the sentence is going to end when you started. Right, and you know, I think that it was really important to me when I was writing this article that, you know, we don't, I wanted to give people kind of the list of things that are good topics for therapy, because sometimes if you're stuck and you pick the right topic or the right line of questioning, it can help you get unstuck and it can open up some great things. But I didn't want the article to just be about that, to just be, here's what to talk about in therapy, because I I think it's important to note that sometimes the best way to get into that deeper stuff, you know, because one of the challenges of therapy is how do you get from the surface layer of what you normally think about to what's in your subconscious? What are the deeper issues? How do you get into that? That's something creative people wrestle with too. Like, how do I tap into my subconscious and see what's going on there? And if you sit in silence without a script, that's often when that stuff can start to bubble up. So sure, great, have some ideas of topics that are good for therapy, but also be willing to just sit there and and see where the session takes you. That's great. Um, you know, what, what often comes to mind is it can be very anxiety-provoking to to be in a therapist's office and not know what to talk. It, it's, sure. um, it sounds so simple. You know, therapy sounds so simple, but there's an incredible amount of vulnerability. Um, people will go to the end of the world to to avoid the intimacy of just being in a room with another human being, like absolutely spontaneous. Um, it's a very intimidating thing. You're opened up to this whole mess of feelings that are just kind of sitting inside of you. And, yeah. and for most people, especially those in therapy, their, their subconscious is, is not a great place to be. It's full of all sorts of scary, overwhelming, difficult feelings that that you kind of pushed away for a reason. Um, there's a reason they're kept to, down there. Um, and, and s- yeah, and that's you know I I love the um, kind of Jungian concept of the shadow and that part of what you're doing in therapy is integrating the shadow. Um, and the idea that some of this stuff that you've pushed away that you just can't barely, you can barely look at it because it's just shocking because it's not who you want to be or who you thought you were. Why am I having this kind of thought? Why am I feeling this way? There, I mean, one of the ways that therapy is healing is by letting you experience yourself and in, in its wholeness and all these different parts of you and realize that it's okay. You don't have to reject these parts of yourself. You know, if there's parts of you that are, that you don't want to act on, you don't have to take certain actions, but just to have a thought or a feeling is okay. And so therapy can become a practice of learning how to be with these different parts of yourself in this safe place with this therapist who isn't judging you in the same way that other people would. And that's just helping you explore all these different sides of yourself. But yeah, that first moment (laughs) when you're, when you haven't had that breakthrough of like, oh, I have thoughts and feelings that aren't who I think I'm, I am or who I'm supposed to be, that is very difficult. That, that, and you've kind of got to take it in, in, you know, little baby steps, I think, at the beginning to not get so overwhelmed with it. Yeah. And I think what you allude to is, um, that, that therapy is about this sort of thing. And, and most, you know, all therapists know, the inherent vulnerability of their clients and how difficult it is and are kind of trained in helping them 
tolerate that space, the mm-hmm. tolerate that very kind of intimate space, um, and, and get better at it. Because I think that's something that people can get better at by having a safe space. And and that's Absolutely. the lovely thing about therapy. Therapy is a safe space in the sense that um, it's relatively safe. You can get hurt. I mean, you can still have your feelings hurt. You can feel exposed. You can feel embarrassed. But hopefully it's all within a reasonable level that lets you learn, oh, I can dare to go inside. I can dare to be spontaneous. Um, and, and that's something that, that therapy is one of the, the hidden ways that, that therapy works. Because it's often not what people are looking at when they come in. But the more that you can practice tolerating being with yourself, being with your inner world and tolerate your anxiety... The, the more you can be yourself and you can more you can tolerate and, and come to enjoy intimacy with yourself and others. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I explore in this and other articles is, you know, it's natural to come into therapy with an agenda. It's even good. It's good to have therapy goals, especially in the beginning, because otherwise you can just come in, not know why you're there and that's fine, but for some, you know, it's it's perfectly legitimate, and you can get into interesting places in therapy that way. But you can also get to a place where you've been going to therapy for a year, and you're like, wait, why am I here? <laughs> Have I just wasted yeah. my whole year? So having some goals, like some reason you're there, is good. But at the same time, what often happens in therapy is that you come in with a goal that's usually about self improvement. I want to stop this bad behavior, this bad habit. I want to start doing more of this good thing. Um, I want to be a better partner. I want to have a more successful work life. I want to, uh, you know, be creative or start this new hobby. All these wonderful goals that we all have and having goals is great. But then there's this sort of inner struggle or this inner conflict between this kind of taskmaster part of ourself that's like, you need to be doing better and you need to be a better person. And then the part of ourself that wants to just be and often a lot of our wounding and a lot of what we come to therapy to heal is often from our parents, but not always parents, caregivers, other authority figures, even peers, you know, growing up, um, we wanted to be a certain way and got the message from society, you're not supposed to be that way. You're too loud. You're too weird. You're too sensitive. You're not sensitive enough. Um, all these different things you can hear. And so we internalize that and then start to live our life by that. And therapy gives you the opportunity to go, wait a second, do I agree with all these people that told me this growing up? And you, you can start to challenge this part of yourself. And so I think often what happens is you come into therapy with a goal or an agenda or a self-improvement project, and maybe you achieve that. Maybe you decide it's not for you, but either way, you're like, I want to learn what it's like to just like me the way I am right now. Not, I'm not just trying to figure out how can I get to the point where I'm good enough at all these external tasks that I pass someone else's, you know, bar or approval. Um, And so the opening up into that and realizing I want to have a different kind of relationship with myself is one of the real gifts that you can get out of going to therapy. Yeah, and I I think that's about in order to to have a different relationship with yourself. I I think you need to practice it. You know, if totally. you're the one who always apologizes after speaking or anything like that, maybe in therapy you try not apologize after speaking. Or 
if you always have to be listening and focused in on the other and what the other person wants to talk about, maybe you can focus in just kind of being a little more self-centered and talk about what you're interested in. If um, you're taught never to, to talk about sort of intimate or sensitive topics, therapy is a great place to talk about intimate and, and sensitive topics, um, you know, in, in safety. Um, that can be really hard to find. That can be really hard to find. But but therapy can be a, a play space, and play sounds fun, but play's scary. You know, if you're if you are daring to be the the you that you're normally not allowed to be, that you know, parentally or societally, you have trained that this is an unacceptable version of yourself. It is scary. That play is is hard, and and it's often in the subtlety of what's considered okay in therapy, that people get to to be okay with more of themselves and be get to be a fuller version of who they are. Absolutely. Well said. And, you know, that, that sense of play being serious or a little scary and, and that you're kind of getting to improvise or experience different parts of yourself is one of the gifts of therapy, you know, and a lot of people that are new to therapy or are skeptical of therapy are like, how can talking about something actually fix it? And there's so many different ways that therapy works. You know, when you start talking about things that you feel like you're not allowed to talk about anywhere else, it starts to unblock you inside. Um, it's not just a lot of people think, oh, the, the reason talking helps is you talk through and you problem solve and you come up with solutions. And sometimes therapy can be that, but it usually actually isn't. It's more about helping you expand your sense of who you are and who you can be because you are kind of getting to experiment in the room with your therapist. What if I do take up all this space that I don't feel safe taking up anywhere else? What if I go into this topic that I've never felt safe to talk about with anyone else? And it starts to open you up into different parts of yourself. And as you start to experience them, and become comfortable with them in therapy, you might get to the point where you feel comfortable enough taking them outside of therapy. And that's when your life can really start to change. Yeah. I, I came across this quote from Albert Einstein, which the internet tells me may not be him, but... There's a lot of those. <laughs> there's a lot of... <laughs> Misattributed <it's>, uh, quotes. <laughs> we can solve problems by using the same kind of thinking we used when we created them. Um and it really kind of resonated with me. So just first yeah. of all, high, high five, Albert Einstein. You're, <laughs> you're doing something good. Please keep doing it. Um, and then, but, but it talks about how therapy helps you break out of your, your modes of thinking because um, normally our stuckness comes from a limited way of thinking that we can't see beyond. Um, right. You know, and, and that's something you can start experimenting by using your therapist's mind to see things in a different way or just experimenting being differently in the world um which which is gives you the surprising hard to imagine sort of in quotes solutions to those problems yeah so um i should say that for some people the blank silence of a therapy room when you run out of things to say is too much. And there genuinely is a too much. It can be so overwhelmingly anxious that there are some topics that, you know, there are some like 
basic questions you could ask yourself to come up with ideas what to talk about. And this would be someone who it's just, it's too scary. And, and so Stephanie, when you um, put together this article, you made this amazing list of um, potential questions, just little cues that, that people can use. Um, you know, Thanks. Yeah, it took a lot of work. I, I worked on these questions a lot, actually. Oh, really? How did you go about yeah. finding them? Well, it was basically like, you know, um, when I'm writing an article, I look around to see what other people say about it um, to kind of get, you know, I usually have ideas already of what I'm going to say, but I, you know, what's, is there something a lot of therapists agree on? Is this a controversial topic? Because I want, when I write these articles, I don't want it to just be my opinion. I want it to be sort of like informed by multiple opinions, you know, from therapists, therapy clients. Anyway, all the different things I read, I, I kind of where most articles that kind of try to answer this question do give people a list of topics that are good for therapy. And like I said, I, I didn't want this article to just be that, but there's a place for it, as you said. Um, so, yeah, I really worked on distilling the gist of a lot of what people were talking about into some prompts and some questions. And it took a lot of a lot of drafts, <laughs> a lot of working through. But, yeah, um, I think with what you're talking about too, um, there are times when people can feel too anxious to just sit in the silence. And there's also times where it's just not going to be productive. Like a lot of it, as with anything else, it's your frame of mind. If you're in an open kind of creative frame of mind, certain things can bubble up in silence. But if you just feel tapped out and you're exhausted or you're just in a certain frame of mind, you're, you also might just find sitting in silence just kind of makes you feel even more blocked. So it is good to kind of have a general sense of some topics that are always good in therapy. And, you know, um, one of the classic ones is what, you know, a lot of times if you ask, another thing, you know, we mentioned in this article is talk to your therapist, you know, ask them, you're like, you can tell them, I feel stuck. I don't know what to say today. Is there anything you think we should talk about? Now, you know, some therapists are going to, throw that right back on you because therapists want you to be in control of the session not them you know in terms of it's about what you want to talk about and what you want to focus on but a lot of them that will offer suggestions will bring you back to your therapy goals what brought you to therapy in the first place what are your personal goals what are your therapy goals have you achieved those if not what's going on with that have you decided that you actually maybe have a different goal um, are you wanting to make more progress on that goal, but you're actually stuck with that and you want to explore your efforts to work on that goal? Um, you know, then there's other kinds of things like, you know, thinking about because therapy kind of a lot of people think going to therapy is talking about your past. And that's always you can always talk about your past, but just talking about your past in and of itself isn't necessarily going to accomplish anything. You know, therapy, there's equally a place for things from your past, things from your present, things from your future. And sometimes, you know, if you're at a stuck point in therapy or you've accomplished some goals and you're trying to think of where to go, it's like thinking about your future and what you want for your future. You know, is there something you wish you had that you don't have? Is there something that feels like it's missing in your life? Is there something you wish you could change? And then, you know, you can always kind of look to your present. Um, it's, it's, uh, if there's something that came up recently uh, that was very emotional for you, it, it's usually beneficial to bring that up in therapy. Even if you feel like, God, why did I? I mean, those moments, I think we all have those moments where some little thing just triggers us. And we're either insanely furious or 
weeping and we're like, why? And that those moments can be really interesting to bring to therapy because your therapist can kind of help you explore what did that little commercial that made you cry (laughs) for Mm. half an hour, what Mm. did that connect to in your past or your present or who you're trying to be or something that touches you or something that was traumatic or a loss you went through. So, so anything that anytime big emotions came up, even if they feel like it wasn't a major deal, just the fact you felt a lot is a big deal because you know, your feelings can kind of point you. I mean, that's another thing is when you're feeling stuck, you know, what go into that feeling. You can talk to your therapist about, I feel stuck. And you can even talk about how does that feel in your body? How does that feel physically? Or, when you say you feel stuck, does that bring you back to another time in your life you felt stuck? And what was that like? How did you get out of it? Or did you ever get out of it? So, you know, that's another topic you can always come to is how you're feeling, how you've been feeling recently, how you've been feeling this week. Um, you know, and then always just talking about what's going on in your life. You know, um, we're in therapy to deal with life, uh, ultimately. So, you know, some pretty big topics for therapy are your relationships, um, your work life. Um, you know, something that I thought was important to include is, you know, your passion, your, your sense of meaning, because some people feel passion and meaning and they get that from their work or their family, but some people don't. So if you, if you, life feels like it doesn't have a sense of passion or a sense of meaning, is there a hobby or a creative pursuit or something that you've always wanted to do that you aren't letting yourself do or, you know, a lot of us have experienced feeling getting a little shut down from living inside from the pandemic for so long. And we're starting to come out of that now. But it's also like, you know, are there things that you're just feel like you're missing in your life that you want to bring back in? Are you feeling cut off from other people? Um, so, yeah, questions of meaning, questions of how does your life feel? And even just I mean, a lot of people come to therapy with that feeling of like something's missing, but I can't put my finger on it. So uh, what I really like is that you've done a great job compiling a list of 20 questions here. My gosh, I think (laughs) most people could just write like probably 10 pages on each of these questions. Right. Yeah, they're not little simple questions. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think you could ever, you, you could write 10 pages on them and then come back in a year and write 10 different pages hopefully yeah. you're writing 10 different pages if you're progressing in your life and, right. and you're growing the, then the new issues are arising uh, which are to do with what your current kind of place in life um you know so that you're going to find in a companion article which is um called what should i talk about in therapy um and that's just an amazing amazing resource so there definitely is a, an opportunity if you are getting overwhelmed by the anxiety of what to talk about. These are, are really productive um, topics. And I do believe that there is a, a place for productivity in, in therapy. Therapy, in a sense, kind of has to be something. It, it shouldn't be, um, you know, a, a fun chat with your therapist. It, there, there is an underlying purpose and, and direction to therapy. And it, I think it's got to be growth-based in some way or another. Now, what that growth is, is going to be very different from for different people. You know, some people, for example, um, you know, they, they want to learn how to share more. And they want to be able to share more what's inside. Some people want to learn how to share less. They, they're sharing inappropriately, and they want to learn right. how to just hold some private things private. Like, 
what what is growth for each person can be completely opposite and unusual and just idiosyncratic with who you are but um therapy it can be a, a place where you can do that um there was like a really important like parallel which i wanted to mention which is um we use kind of, most people in everyday life are, are kind of running off scripts about how to interact and um no such place more other than um there's no place where it happens more than in long-term relationships like marriages mm -hmm. where people learn to avoid certain topics with one another they oh yeah um they they just kind of let's stick to the safe stuff. Let let's talk about the kids' soccer practice. Let's talk about this. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about that. And the and the let let's not talk about tend to accumulate until there's all this. Um, I I can't quite implicit implicit agreement not to talk about a whole range of topics, and and that is keeps marriages stable but but it, it kind of kills them at the same time it deadens mm -hmm. them until they're dead boring um but it creates stability so there's a trade-off that happens that that stability and predictability that we all need in a marriage but it, it also kind of kills the spontaneous spontaneity and aliveness and and that's typically when I look at a, a dead sex life in a marriage, it's usually to do with all the implicit agreements of what we don't talk about, which um, makes the marriage safe and predictable, but it kills off aliveness and spontaneity. Um, and it's there's a great um, parallel with what happens in therapy. You know, people feel very tempted to avoid talking about that thing talking about that right. thing that's connected with a feeling that scares you that is overwhelming talking about that thing that is just on the outer edges of your conscious awareness that you you try avoid and you mostly are able to avoid and it can be so important to to just kind of take a chance you know therapy is a safe place therapy is not a marriage thank goodness it's not a marriage because the marriages are very high risk they're high stakes um therapy is comparatively low stakes you just you risk embarrassing yourself in front of a, a therapist in a sealed room it's not too bad you know it's certainly better than you know my marriage falling apart and divorce and all those other things which are way more scary um yeah I mean, I, I think, you know, you're talking about intimacy and, you know, there's different, we, we, when we hear the word intimacy, we usually think of marriages, romantic relationships, but intimacy is something that affects every aspect of our lives. How intimate are we even with ourselves? And, and, you know, that's where therapy, like you're saying, gives us a, a safe space to experiment. And it's interesting because what you're talking about kind of connects up to, you know, one more thing that. I was going to point out this in the article too, just briefly, which is this idea of, is there anything you shouldn't talk about in therapy? But the, the idea that the one thing that I would say is you don't want to use therapy as a space to do the small talk with your therapist, a little small talk at the beginning, just to break the ice of, okay, I just sat down. I'm adjusting to the fact I'm in the therapy room. That's fine. But spending a whole, you know, it's like that, that thing that makes 
interaction safe? Oh, we have this implicit agreement about certain topics, certain types of banter that we can have. We can talk about this or that event or this and that topic we both enjoy. If you Therapy gives you an opportunity to get out of that. So there, again, there's nothing wrong with making a little bit of small talk, but you want to kind of get out of that mindset in therapy where you want to get into the topics where there are feelings that are challenging and, and therapy gives you a safe space to do that. I love it. Um, again, I wanted to thank all the people on Reddit who, who asked this question. Um, Reddit asks and, and we do our best to answer. Um, Hopefully it, it's given some people that the, the questions are always so deceptive. The questions are so deceptive. They, they sound so simple. What should I talk in therapy? But they also go right into the depths of what makes marriages work. Um, what keeps you feeling creative and alive? Um, how do I achieve intimacy or even with others but also with myself really deeply knowing and being comfortable with myself they're they're, they're simple questions with, with just fantastically complex answers um yeah so so thank you reddit thank you stephanie thank you listeners and um please um go take a look at stephanie's article what should I talk in what should I talk about in therapy? You'll find it at opencounseling.com as always. And we'll look forward to speaking next week.